Hop down, bucko. What's up, Leon? Oh, man, oh, man. I got a question for you. I got a question for you, Tom. Well, first, let's quit burying the lead. How's it feel to be? <laughs> Treyway. <laughs> 31. It feels pretty nice. Um, oh, sorry, Leon. Um, God, he's soaking wet. Um, he's leaking. <laughs> soaking wet. <laughs> what are you doing? Dude, every time we try to do this, it's like he doesn't come around all day until... We start recording. He's like, shit, I'm trying to get my shit out there. You cannot <laughs> do Me that. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, check out my SoundCloud. <laughs> it's my mixtape. <laughs> oh, man. When's the last time you got handed a mixtape on the street? Like a oh, physical copy. Yeah, me, when I lived in Austin, me and Derek used to buy them sometimes. We'd go down to the video store, and there'd always be guys sitting out front, like, hawking their mixtapes. And we buy like a five dollar mixtape or whatever, and take it home. And <laughs> I mean, they'd always be really bad. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I've not encountered anybody in Whitesburg selling a mixtape. But you know, it's Mountain Heritage right now. If you went down there right now, you could probably Dude, find. I'm renouncing my Mountain Heritage right now. <laughs> it You're... took me. It took me. We literally live five minutes away, and to go get a newspaper and get here took me almost half an hour. Yeah. Um. So you're not. Of and from these mountains anymore is what you're saying? No, I'm, um, when people ask me where I'm from, I'm just going to say, um, <clears throat> the greater Cincinnati area. <laughs> I understand that. I understand. Um, that said, I am drinking a Mountain Dew and eating a moon pie. Yeah, you walked <laughs> <Non-ironically>. in. Non-ironically. <laughs> yeah, you walked in and you said, I'd like to introduce a new segment called Problematic Snacks. Say more Snack about that. Time. Say more about that, Tom. You don't remember the Diane Sawyer Mountain Dew Tooth special? Yeah, I do. From the... I do. From the what? Early 90s or I, late 90s? What was that? That was probably 2000... Was it the Bush... It was the Bush, Bush years? The waning... Maybe it was the waning years of the Bush administration. Whoo! Yeah. Um, no, see, Appalachia was not on my radar at that time. Really? So... Yeah. Really? Say more about that. What were your conceptions of the region? That's another thing I want to abolish is referring to it as the, the region. region. Uh, my only conception of it, I'm I'm not exaggerating. Literally, my only exception uh, perception of it was a line in a Rage Against the Machine song um, um, off of the Kids in Appalachia. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was on the Battle of Los Angeles. It was like. Um, like swollen stomachs in Appalach- Appalachia. Appalachia. <laughs> yeah, he said Appalachia. <laughs> um, and I was like, "Damn, dude, that's we got poverty like that here, man. That's some crazy shit." I'm there. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go alleviate me, that shit. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm gonna go alleviate that shit. <laughs> I go fight that poverty with passion. No, nah, man, that was it, though. That was really it. Um, yeah, man. Wow, wow, wow. So, um, I saw the big festival headliner this year is a guy that finished third place in 2010 on the American Idol. Really? When's he playing? Saturday night? It's a headliner, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, I was walking down there last night and they had a Christian band playing. He was like, Jesus! You know, like the, um, the kind of Christian music that's like. It's like really anthemic or whatever. 
I mean, I guess all Christian like music. Like Hillsong uh, yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny, though, because there was like six people out there, and they were like... Praising? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you praise to that shit. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I do know, actually, because I've done it. My point is, if this guy that finished fourth place on uh, American Idol in 2010 can headline a festival, there's no reason we can't take this show on the road. Dude, I've got some... There's some good speak your pieces today. Um, this is a new sort of... This is the first time I've actually on air tried to to single out the speak your pieces rather than doing it before the show. Um, I'll stall for more time if need be. No, you know what? I'll just give it to you, and you can figure it out. <laughs> we'll we'll ch- we'll chop it up a little bit before that. So, um, what do you want to talk about on this day, your birthday, the day of our Lord? Oh, dude, I got all kinds of talk things to talk about. It just depends on how much time you got. Right before you came in here, I was um, <laughs> right before you came in here, I was reading. Uh, burnout bingo. Mm-hmm. I was reading. I was reading. Uh, did you see that thing I had on Twitter over the weekend about the story Center for Story Based Strategy? <laughs> they have this thing called Burnout Bingo and Resistance Bingo. No. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me tie off. <laughs> All right. Vascular in the forums, anyway. So I'm ready to shoot that shit straight into these veins. All right, check it out. So I was like, I was, um, I saw it, and um, they they have a book, and it's got this really like convoluted graph that's all about like framing your narrative analysis and your narrative power. Analysis. So let me get this straight: when we were um, talking about narrative camp, there actually exists such a thing, there- more or less. <laughs> There literally exists a narrative camp, um, you know. And I, I, uh, I went to their website, and there's some actually decent stuff on it. I mean, stuff that would like help you sort of maybe frame certain direct action things you're gonna do, or like certain campaigns you're gonna do. But at the same time, dude, it is so hilariously on the nose. No burnout bingo. Um, what does it say? No burden out bingo. Is it right, hold, so hold on, 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 hold on. <laughs> hold up. No burnout bingo. Does this refer to organizers and the burnout that they talk about all the oh, time? Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> We're talking about organizer burnout. <laughs> That's what it says. It says... No Burnout Bingo is a great way to keep yourself and your friends sustainably involved in building movements for collective liberation. So uh, let's see what you got here on the No Burnout Bingo. Uh, and just yell out bingo if this hits you. If this uh, if this is something you're going to... Oh, dude, one of these is so good. You've got Take a Short Walk. Ask a friend, what brings you joy lately? Right. Is, is, is uh, Take a Long Walk Off a Short Cliff <laughs> on there? Is that the middle one? That's the middle <laughs> one, right. Go to the gun store, buy one bullet and one gun. Yeah. That's the middle space. <laughs> Tell the cashier, I'm a really good shot, I swear. Um, write a new four, uh, write a new four-line story. Change that narrative, baby. Journal for 10 minutes. Listen to my fave album song record. I can get down with that one. 
worked in a new space. This one's hilarious. Find a conference to attend. <laughs> Why the fuck would you go to a conference if you're burnt out? <laughs> Man, that's to get re-energized, baby. It's like uh, liberal organizing follows the same rules as capital produ- capitalist production. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, uh, you know, I saw this thing um, this week about... Uh, about Bezos, uh, you know, starting the schools and like the kids are going to be the customer and all right, that kind of right. stuff. And I didn't see this, but people that have seen, sorry to bother you, I guess, said that it's like, like the little um, corporation that's sort of at the center of that uh-huh. movie, which I'm talking about out of my ass because I've not seen it. Uh, but uh, like that's what like liberal organizing kind of like feels like a little bit to me like all immersive like one-stop shop like it's 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 eerily reminiscent of and i mean i hate to keep beating this point but like of like church stuff oh yeah 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 well i mean even more than that dude it's eerily reminiscent of just a straight-up cult yeah dude there's stuff in here that's more cult-like than the church I grew up in. Yeah. Because it asks you to follow a certain sort of roadmap or framework for, like, organizing. Yeah. And that can be good. I mean, you know, I've been involved in campaigns and direct action stuff, and, um, you know... you come through with the DA before? <laughs> I've actually seen you come through with the DA. I've come through with the DA, baby! <laughs> I can put that on my activist resume. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's hard to be creative and stuff sometimes. And you gotta you gotta you need a little help. Yeah. To come totally. up with something. However, treating it like it's this um sort of complex uh thing th- that you have to like check boxes off to accomplish things. Yeah. It's very strange to me. Yeah. Like I don't know how you would take some of this convoluted stuff to like into your organizing and try to like convince people of changing it's like we were saying in that one episode like how would you convince people to change their narrative about narrative yeah (laughs) i mean like the point of this is to like introduce you know themes and structures of story writing into campaigns which is that's what a campaign is right it's just telling a story right so it's like that's just kind of obvious but at the same time like the way that they treat it, they treat it like they're insurrectionists in like the Spanish Civil War or something. They tr- yeah. they treat it like it's this totally radical thing. Yeah, but also <laughs> here's the other thing too. I think about all this about burnout being gone. I'm sure this is. I'm sure I'm getting ahead of ourselves because I'm sure this is going to make an appearance. <laughs> but you know, when the other day in the DM we were talking about our most reactionary tendencies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Here's mine that's sort of also wrapped in a hot take, and I don't know. I don't. I I could be just conditioned, like this could could just be my Protestant work ethic or whatever come through. But this weird prioritization of self care, (laughs) right? And like what it amounts to is just like wanting to avoid minor inconvenience. Right. And when I think about that, I also try to remind myself that Rosa Luxemburg got shot in her fucking head. <laughs> yeah, dude. I can be a little tired. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I can be a little, like, you know, my feet can hurt. Right. It's okay. Right, right, right. right. I can go home and take a bubble bath. I mean, like, right. you know, that's... 
So you're saying just, I'm just codifying something called self care, which is really just like you know. Well, just man, take care of yourself. There is a the distance. Okay, we live in a, in a society of a society. We live in a society. Yeah. You know, we live in a time of mass consumption, right? We live in a very neo. We live in a, the neoliberal era. Yeah, the sort of um, I don't know what how you would put it. Ultimate vehicle for all political change and action they tell us in a neoliberal era era is the individual yeah and so it makes sense why you would have self-care and it also makes sense why we live in this dystopia where they say that like the apogee of your political engagement with the system is voting that is this a very good point this highly individualistic atomized and i wanted to flesh this out a little bit on the last one it's just like when we criticize voting it's like it's like you said on the last one, like, vote, whatever. It doesn't fucking, I mean, it doesn't matter anyways. It doesn't really change anything. It doesn't hurt your expectations but temper, for change. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and also understand that in a society of mass consumption, in a neoliberal society, the whole point of voting is to diffuse collective action. Action. It's, it's, that is a good, that's a point I hadn't thought about. It's Yeah, it's to encourage individualistic Action. It diffuses political um, grassroots collective movements and everything. But what's interesting is it is they talk about it like it's the exact opposite of what it is. <laughs> like yeah, it is dude. this like mass of people yes. coming together, rallying around those causes. And I guess on the surface it would look like that because usually there's two candidates and you know maybe a couple of other right sort of what people call fringe candidates or whatever. And then like you know you just pick from that you know right right that little that little slight but yeah i hadn't really thought of it that voting is actually really kind of an individualistic right and that's not to say like don't do it whatever i mean i don't give a fuck i'm tired of uh really beating that yeah dead horse but um did yeah, i get the idiom we're right? done with yeah i think you did good that time <laughs> it took you 31 <laughs> years to get idioms to right get an idiom correct um but yeah, among other topics we're going to put to bed with Christianity are, is also electoralism. <laughs> mm. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> it's just such a wellspring of content. It's just like a, just a, you know, like a natural spring that leaks out of the hills, of, but content well, instead of water. It's like, yeah. Well, it's like I was telling you the other day. I've made it my mission over the next few years to do everything I can to destroy the facade of liberalism. Yeah, that and should that's, be our project. That's, that's an honest project that, for a podcast. That's an honest project. <laughs> yeah, that's really all we can do. That's about We're the- not organizing. This is not politics, you know. Po- a podcast is not politics. No. What we can do is destroy the edifice yeah. <laughs> that is liberalism, the illusion. And we do that by making fun of it. <laughs> Here you go. Uh... You got so you could center yourself. Spend some time with young people. I'm not really sure how that <laughs> keeps you from burning also out. Also, in the wrong hands. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that might be bad advice. <laughs> Dennis Hastert uh, was feeling a little burnt out. So. <laughs> um, let's see. Download a meditation app. You could da- you could download a meditation app to not burn out. <laughs> There's... Oh man, um, you could get a mentor and check in with them. Uh, you could make a piece of art. You can make a craft hobby date. Uh, list ten things that you long for. What are ten things that you long for? <laughs> it's not fit to put out there. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah. MDMA. Amphetamines. Amphetamines. Cocaine. <laughs> Purple drink. <laughs> yeah. Codeine promethazine. <laughs> oh, man. That would be funny. A no burnout bingo. And it's just drugs. Drugs. <laughs> You gotta pick a line. You've gotta pick a yeah. <laughs> and then down the middle is just X A N A X, just one Xanax yeah. bar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah. Oh man. Um. Oh, so that's plan some time off, plan a trip, get someone to play no burnout bingo. That's on here. <laughs> that's the center square. <laughs> Heavy meta, man. Fuck, Tom. This is so crazy. Um, Mapping story archetypes. They've also got this little exercise in here. Are you familiar with, uh, you know, like Brian Eno and Robert Fripp recorded um, albums in the late 70s and 80s? They they had this process that we should actually probably start doing for the podcast. But they had this process. uh, Brian Eno came up with this, like, process for recording an album i can't remember the fucking name for it now but he would write down an idea on a card so it'd be like play a glockenspiel or something like play uh something beat in three four time on a certain instrument and if they were feeling like they were they had come up to a creative roadblock they would draw one of these cards and just you know try to get themselves out of that box well they've basically done something very similar here as well um they call them what is it called it's like a uh, story detours so let's say you're you're uh you're analyzing the narrative you know you're in your narrative zone yeah. you're in your narrative pod or whatever you come across a roadblock they'll have on a long enough timeline they'll start developing these for like liberal organizing <laughs> that's like a- literal pods you go into <laughs> you know like you know like the at the airports how they have the nap pods yeah, and stuff yes. and pay like 15 bucks to like nap in for an hour or oh, something yeah. they'll absolutely go- you're absolutely yeah. right you'll get in this little pod and then just uh, these little ideas and flashcards will start like popping up in, as holograms <laughs> hey tom well consider this right that's what it exists it's basically cards for hum cards against humanity for it's, the woke set it's basically cards for humanity <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right <laughs> 52 interventions to change the story Oh my god. Stay quiet. Expose that secrets are being kept. I don't know what that means. Go outside for a walk to consider how you could bring the outside in. Look back at your mistakes and check to see if there are actually opportunities there. (laughs) This is pretty bad, dude. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Anyways, that's what I was entertaining myself with literally as you walked in so what's the other bingo there's burnout bingo and then... oh uh the other one is resistance bingo oh this is now this is what this <laughs> yeah. we'll now get we're getting the into stuff. the good stuff all right i'll show you what's on resistance bingo what's the free space mm, what's the is it mean? A pussy hat it's a it's it's get someone to play resistance bingo with you that's what it is like the last one the free space was get someone to play burnout bingo with you you know, are you talking about the, so you the could middle? Ne- so you could never win unless you had a partner? <laughs> I guess Either so. Things? Well, I yeah. guess if you went like... Yeah, I think that's the point. That's probably the point they're trying to make. They're like, you got to come together, man. To come together, baby. <laughs> Resistance bingo is pretty funny because um, the sort of subheader on it that sort of explains its uh, raison d'etre... You know, you know what I'm saying. 
Resistance bingo is the best way to keep everyone involved in resisting U.S. fascism and building power to defeat it. Wait, wait, wait. A bingo game is the best way to keep everyone involved? (laughs) (laughs) The best way to fight U.S. fascism. (laughs) Bingo, baby. Hold on a second, hold on a second. (laughs) The best way to fight... U.S. fascism <laughs> is to play resistance, resistance bingo, bingo TM. <laughs> TM trademark. Is this something you found in that? Remember that that uh, woke box those people were selling? Oh, the uh, the safety pin. The safety box? pin box? The sa- when they had the safety pins. It's probably of that sort of same. If we're looking at the social justice ecosystem, it's just like woke so. tchotchkes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like you've got kids in concentration camps at the border, and it's like, how are we going to com- how are we going to combat this? And then somebody speaks up from the back. <laughs> Listen, it's going to sound crazy, but bingo! Everybody loves bingo. Everybody loves bingo. Oh, dude, one of these. My question is: If these, my, the hardest job I've ever had in my life, and if I'm going to sit here and trot out my working class credentials, I've hung drywall. I worked at a water plant. I fucking hung tobacco. I've done a, I've done basically everything except for the obvious thing, which is coal mining. <laughs> There's still time, baby. But maybe the hardest job I ever had was selling pull tabs at a fucking bingo hall. <laughs> you walk out of there with the worst chub rub imaginable and yeah. smelling like you fucking smoked 40 packs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, imagine doing that at Resistance Bingo. <laughs> It'd be the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah. You'd like be- your buddy would be like, self care, man. <laughs> yeah. Set it out. I'll take care of you a couple hours. Go uh, put some gold bond on those on those thighs. Right, right. <laughs> no, that's a drink out of my mug of uh drink out of my mug of coffee that says white tears on it. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have those? Um it's on the resistance bingo, yeah. <laughs> Really? It's a mug that says white tears. Oh, Jesus. Take a social media news break. Okay. Um, Resistance Bingo. Promoted an event. It's got the Facebook thumbs up. Organized an action demonstration. Made visual. So, I mean, you know, this this isn't... The bingo is not saying that in and of itself it's the political action. It's, it's you know, encouraging you to go out and do things. So that's good. Uh, political Put a political poster in my window. Read the Movement for Black Lives platform. Translate. I mean, you know, some of these are good, but some of these just don't make any sense. Um, dress it an emergency without the police. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, that I mean, should that should be standard. That should be standard, right? <laughs> Corrected alternative facts, and it's got a, a rubber stamp with lies on it. <laughs> You've corrected alternative facts. Yeah, yeah, you corrected alternative because that facts. that's been terribly successful. <laughs> Um, reuse instead of buying news, new, I don't know, man, you know, it's just stuff like that. Um, 52 interventions for regenerative and sustainable movement work. I, the point I was trying to make on Twitter as I was pointing this out, and I don't, I didn't find it with the safety pin thing. I don't remember where I found it. It was just a screenshot I had in my phone because they, <laughs> I don't remember where I, as you slide your receipt for the safety <laughs> pin box underneath the couch. Yeah, I stuff it into the cushions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong at, there's nothing wrong with the sort of, uh, 
underlying impetus for any of that stuff. Um, but I would just also tell my liberal friends, you don't have to like buy stuff to to be, you know, to do good things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and this, again, this goes hand in hand with voting. But, um, again, we live in a society of mass consumption. We live in an era of mass consumption and individualistic action. It makes total sense that, like, a lot of social justice nonprofits try to relate your sort of political agency to your ability to be a consumer. And voting is the exact same way. Yeah. It functions even similarly. They even market... Voting. Yeah, they market voting, and they even market uh, uh, candidates... In, you know, this is something that Chomsky said. They market candidates in the same way they market toothpaste. It's the exact same way. And so it's like your yeah, it voting is. is sort of corollary to that. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just want to say something. If Beto O'Rourke was that fucking cool, he wouldn't be running for office. <laughs> yeah. Okay. By the way, um, did you see yesterday where he was like... Um, Took that moral high ground yeah. Ted Cruz. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, hey, you don't have to do that. Yeah, you but, could just not say shit. Yeah, you could just let my, it ride. My my favorite example of not having to say shit but saying something anyways is Andrew Gillum, the guy running for um, governor in Florida, yeah. who has this pathological hatred of South American socialist governments. Did you see That's that? Bizarre. <laughs> that bizarre. It does affects him in no way. <laughs> He's running for governor of, uh, of, of a state. <laughs> Mostly <laughs> occupied by people from those countries. Exactly. <laughs> well, actually, that makes sense. I mean, I guess if the people... There's a lot of conservative Cubans, for example. Right. Which is not South America, I know. But, but yeah. it's all because their grandparents were like bourgeois landowners. Yeah, got all their fucking uh, <laughs> goddamn farms taken during the revolution. Yeah. But it's really that his... his uh, Andrew Gillum had something this week about Venezuela. Two weeks ago, he had something about Nicaragua. It's like... <laughs> Wait, is he's gonna <laughs> election day, <laughs> folks? I want to just bring up something that's been on my mind. <laughs> Two words, Manuel Noriega. <laughs> just for no good reason. Chris is like, what? <laughs> yeah, no. Beto Beto also had something like that, or he was like, lay off of Ted Cruz. He did the John McCain thing. With Ted Cruz, he's the he's the if if by some miracle he upsets Ted Cruz, he will be the left's version. Well, not even the left, the the liberal version of John McCain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Except he's way hotter. Oh yeah. That's yeah. the thing about Beto. He's pretty hot. Yeah. Oh, he's got that going for him. Um, it was funny yesterday when somebody caught Ted Cruz looking at a photo of him. Did you see that? <laughs> you didn't see that? They like someone caught him a. Somebody caught Ted Cruz on an airplane looking at a photo of Beto on his phone. <laughs> Did they take a picture of it? Yeah, it's a picture of it. Dude, Ted Cruz stays <laughs> taking the L's and he's going to win. Oh, he's absolutely going to win. Dude, I don't understand how one man can take so many L's and just keep the wins coming. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, he's going to absolutely win that. Fucking greasy bastard. And it's that's the funny thing about it. It's like, he's going to win... Why doesn't Beto just go full fucking, you know, red commie? What do you want to do, dude? What do you want to do? Do you want to provide an alternative? If I was Beto and I had that kind of power, I would absolutely be inciting more people to get him, 
you know, harassed in public and yelled at and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be I'd be on Twitter saying like uh just got back from uh Ted Cruz's parents' house, had to stop by and, <laughs> had to stop by and leave some water in his mother's dish. But no, man, he's out here, he's like, lay off my boy Ted. Lay off Ted. <laughs> you know, a lot of people were making fun of the guy that had that tweet. There was like, somebody tweeted, I was like, I totally, maybe it was you, totally normal, but that guy was talking about oh, Beto, and he was like... Beto is the guy your girlfriend date, your ex-girlfriend dates after yeah. you break up. Ted's gotta love Ted, man. <laughs> it, it was pretty bizarre that he went on that long. But that part was funny because I could see Beto hugging, been like, "Ted's got to love Ted, man." <laughs> yeah. And then it just got weird. He's like, and then he goes and blows her back out and watches Hulu for. T- I was like, "God damn, pal!" Ah, uh, dude, people. I uh, I don't like it. That's so dark, dude. Um, also, is anybody going to address the elephant in the room and just realize that maybe a white guy comes to Beto's? Hair on the problematics. I thought Beto was like, you know, uh, one of those like Latino guys that's like, but he's you know, white? But through some <laughs> colonial thing, has an Irish last name. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people in, right. you know, in Argentina have Nazi grandparents, you know? Yeah, that's what you're saying. Uh, but no, it's just, uh, you know, oh, man. It's one of those things like calling a white guy Chico, it's like, yeah, it's a little. <laughs> Questionable, but so Beto's his real name, or it's not his real no, name; it's, it's a nickname. His nickname. Yeah. Damn, I think his name's like Patrick or something. So he's basically just doing that as like <laughs> I think his name, real name's Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, Mickey O. Period Rourke. <laughs> God damn it! Another thing on this website I I love. Um, I've seen these in my emails from time to time. Uh, you have you ever seen the graphic that is like uh, people. Standing. Have you ever seen that oh, graphic yeah, yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. Just for the listening audience. It's a graphic of three people at a baseball game. Um, one of them, I mean, there are varying heights. One's a really tall guy, one's a medium height guy, one's a really short guy. Um, and it says, and they're, and they're trying to watch a baseball game, but there's a big fence in the way. And, um, and so, you know, they can't see over it, obviously, except the one really tall guy. And then, so the first frame says equality, and they put a same size crate underneath each person so they are raised up yeah. to the same height. Then the second one says equity, which they've rearranged the crates. So they've given the shortest person two crates so that he can see all the way up. That's equity. Yeah. And the third one is liberation, and they've just done away with the fence altogether. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Which I don't understand. Uh, I guess what Trent says, baseball should be free. Baseball should be free. <laughs> And it basically is because they can't sell a fucking ticket anymore. <laughs> that's true. <clears throat> Anyways, that's enough for that's enough about the uh, the uh, story based strategy. Um, so what's uh, what's going on? Well, I was going to ask you uh, on the occasion of your thirty first if you plan on getting white boy Rick wasted. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Fuck it. Let's get white boy Rick wasted. Which, what what do you think about that movie? Uh, give it give it to very me. Very dark, very dark. Uh, you kind of feel sorry for the kid. Uh, you feel kind of conflicted because yeah, hell, he 
he was definitely coerced by the FBI, but right, wouldn't coerce that damn hard. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's really funny. So, like, it's a true story. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like kind of hard to like poke fun at it, but yeah, I'm just I'm trying to bring a little, <laughs> a little levity, a little levity to it. It's <laughs> it's a very dark film, uh, but it's kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the All Lives Matter set is taking on mass incarceration. Yeah, it it definitely went way too easy on the cops, but it, I felt like it really did get at the injustice of the situation. Like, this guy got basically life in prison for selling crack. Yeah. He's a white guy. He's still in prison. He's still in prison. But it was interesting because, like, the, the, the movie, and, you know, it's not a reflection of real life. Who the fuck actually knows what happened in real life? But... Race was a big sort of subtext of the movie. Obviously, it's set yeah. in Detroit. Man, it's pretty, called White Boy it's Rick. It's called White Boy Rick, <laughs> right? <laughs> but there'd be these really, like, sort of ham-fisted conversations in the movie, like dialogue that was like, yeah. that was like, man, White Boy Rick, you got to stop doing all these crimes because you get caught. You're doing you White caught, Boy you're time. Doing white Boy time. You get caught. I'm doing Black Boy time. <laughs> right. And then it was funny. Just you know, they use that as a plot point, and it's like actually, yeah, yes, that was the, the war on w- drugs targeted everybody. <laughs> that was weird. You're right. Yeah. It did sort of have that message. At the, end. Up, at the end, it, literally at the end, it was like because like whatever the crime guy, the crime family's name was, right. All ended doing like ten or fifteen years and got out like you know in the nineties or something. I forget what it was. Yeah, I forgot about but that. But then Rick still Rick's still in jail. Still, and so he's basically to this day. you're ba- yeah basically it was saying like yes you're right like well look it's not that simple like uh, the black the black guys got off basically scot free and the white guy's still paying for it yeah which I thought was interesting but at the same time it was like a it was like a sort of very. Like I, I made this remark to you after the movie, and I, I, you know, I, I sort of thought about it several times since we saw the movie. Like, do do I still believe that? But um, but it kind of feels like there's this sort of like recent trend in a certain kind of movie that like tries to position poor white people like on the same sort of. Um, it's an extension of like the white working class fascination. Yeah, and as you pointed out after Darren Aronofsky, really, that's he brothers his bread with gritty white yeah. characters. Yes, the wrestler, the fighter, the fighter. I'm the one who's this fighting. one. Uh, <laughs> if you want to take it way back, Noah. <laughs> Noah. <laughs> that mother. That motherfucker. That motherfucker got drunk. Got drunk on wine. Woke up and found himself naked and was embarrassed. Noah was the first uh, gritty sh- white guy. Gritty white guy. <laughs> Shit showy white guy. <laughs> That's true, man. Yeah. Well, it got me thinking it would be really funny if they started applying this same framework to historical drama. Like, I would like to see a movie about a gritty white guy, the first gritty white guy in like 1680 or something like that, yeah. who realizes he has white privilege. Like the very first one, the very first white person to realize he the, fir- the first, the first white Wokemon. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. A, bit, a guy who's like, wow. He's like, I benefit from these systems of oppression. <laughs> I, uh, would you look at that? I guess he he probably has like a British accent because I it's the 17th British century. Accent. Well, even if if they made a movie about it, he'd definitely have a British accent. He's blo- he sees himself oppression and benefit me. 
<laughs> I'm the one who's fighting here, not you. <laughs> not fucking you. <laughs> Terrible thing my father's dead. Damn. Or you could do you could make it in Australia. Uh we don't like this racism. <laughs> <laughs> All this racism. <laughs> you had a good bit about Nanette this week, yeah. Yeah. So I don't like... Oh, fuck, I fucked it up. Sexism. <laughs> Nanette should do a um, a whole bit, a stand-up bit about that. <laughs> it's so funny that everybody's going to call Hannah Goolsby Nanette from now on. Yeah. I it's not, it's not, she's not Hannah anymore. It's just going to be Nanette. It's kind of like kind of like how everybody refers to Leonard Skinner like like he's a person. <laughs> right. You watched Nanette. Was it a what's the meaning of the name Nanette? I have I, I have no idea, dude. I um uh so my girlfriend and her friend were well, my girlfriend wasn't into it at all. It was kind of a you know you sign up for comedy and then you get blasted with mm. all this heavy shit, which is like I'm not against her get that out there you know it's just uh kind of want to laugh when i just don't call it comedy yeah just don't cut just don't bait me in by calling it comedy call it a yeah. ted talk yeah oh man but i don't know what we can add to that conversation and it was like a that was so four months ago uh, mike howard had a hilarious um bit this past weekend we were talking about ted talks that like the east kentucky version of a ted talk would be a jed talk oh god <laughs> Um, Give me an example. Just marinate on that for a minute. Um, so I don't know what would be, what would be something. I feel like the friends collab has been giving Jed talks for a minute. G- <laughs> I'd say absolutely. I'd say absolutely. They Look, have. what they won't tell you <laughs> is that coal's a renewable resource. <laughs> right. But then what? What they won't tell you is that coal takes twenty six million years to renew. <laughs> Right, right. There's people in the hollers, man, that are just waiting for coal to grow back. Oh yeah. Like I mean, really, they've been taught, they've been like told that, and believe it. Oh yeah, man. Oh like, yeah. It's just gonna, you know, mm-hmm. get a couple of good rains, then <laughs> we'll be back in business, baby. Oh. What else do I have on this list of things to talk about? Um. We could talk about Kavanaugh a little bit, if there's anything to say about it. Um, one thing that I would say about the Kavanaugh stuff is um, I love I love it when pundits use the phrase constitutional hardball. Like, oh, these Democrats are out here playing constitutional hardball. I've n- I've <laughs> tell me, say more about that. Well, it was a certain tweet I saw last night where somebody had used it. I could find it. I screenshotted it, so it should be pretty quickly available. The Gingrichization of the Democrats is coming. And the Gink <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. And Ab- oh, because Newt Gingrich bird dog Bill Clinton. I guess so, yeah. Whatever. Avenetti et al. are com- are in the vanguard. I'm worried. We've seen what happens when a party goes down this road and starts dehumanizing the other side and playing constitutional hardball. It was funny that Avenatti uh, padlocked his Twitter. He's got like, you know, he's got like 700,000 followers and he, he padlocked his Twitter. Oh no shit. Do you yeah. think he was lying about that whole fucking thing? He's gotta be. 
what it's what about? But he said he that he that he had a another accuser, like another Kavanaugh acu- accuser, another credible. Did you not see that? I missed that part. Well, he announced that earlier this week, and he hasn't delivered on that yet. Well, granted, you know, it's if if a certain victor, if a certain survivor is involved, you know, take whatever time you need. But yeah. he just seems to me like a grifter, kind of an opportunist, an opportunist a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. Right, right. I had there's a guy that teaches at my alma mater that thinks that Avenatti has the same name cachet as Oprah, so the the liberals <laughs> might as well run him. But but was like kind of enthusiastic about it, <laughs> not like ironically like well they just might as well run. they were like no like no Avenatti's who they need to run. He will absolutely lose. Yes, <laughs> not even any question. This Kavanaugh stuff though is um. You know, I was talking to one of my coworkers about this earlier this week, and we mentioned it on the show last week, but it's just like, if you're Mitch McConnell, you've got to be looking at this being like, you know, pick any, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth option or whatever from the Federalist Society or whatever. Just go and down the will, road till you find, finally find one that hasn't raped somebody. Yeah, and, and this, well, I'm sure they have. I mean, this is these are ghoulish people who yeah. are pieces of shit, but you know what I mean, like... Who is not <clears throat> a sort of, uh, I don't know, a guy who is in such, uh, so, you know, who is so much a Trumpian guy like Kavanaugh is. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm I'm not saying I want that to happen. I'm just saying that, like, it's really funny to me to see <clears throat> the White House think that this is um, the best possible option for, like, getting voters out for the midterms. Like, it serves two functions, right? Let's normalize sexual assault. They're normalizing sexual assault, and then they also think that this is what's going to get people out voting in November, <clears throat> if this goes on for that long. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Um, but uh, whereas, like, the sort of McConnell approach to this would would just be, like... To take the cane, yank him off the stage, and try it out the next school. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Well, you know, so we're recording this on Wednesday. This probably won't come out until Thursday. But um, today they released, you know, Kavanaugh released his calendars or whatever. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Just. <laughs> that is that is the biggest chef's kiss that ever was. Absolutely incredible. It's like, oh, well, here's something from the archives. Weird. Yeah. I, found, I was going through my mother's attic and found these. Right, right. <laughs> I was going through my mother's attic in Bethesda and found these. <laughs> the mean, gun-ridden streets of the affluent D.C. Yeah. suburbs. <laughs> yeah. Fucking fuck you, dude. Constitutional hardball, baby. Um, all right, let's take a quick break and get some of these speaker pieces circled and uh, selected. How's that sound? Sounds good.
Funniest song in the world to me is Brooks and Dunn, She's Not the Cheating Kind. She's never fooling around. But I think that actually the message of that song, though, is that she was dating a guy who was cheating on her. But I wonder how many, like, dumbass dudes out there were listening to that song like, Hell yeah, man, my girl's also not the cheating kind. <laughs> Oh fuck, man! Hell yeah! The uh, I want to do a whole um, Trillbillies episode about certain kind of scams we can do, like certain Trillbilly scams. Mm -hmm. That would be pretty good. Getting an Applebee's sign with a a coming soon on an abandoned building would be a. A really funny one that Mike Howard told me about the other day was about this guy who sold vibrators and he he like sent out rebate offers and he would send the rebate on a check but the check would have a big massive dildo on it like a big sort of cock you know imprint on it uh-huh. 
and he made a killing because people would be too embarrassed to go cash the check because it had a big dick on it. Wow, that it's is good. Pretty brilliant. <laughs> oh man, I'm 31. I'm 31 today. I'm coming up in the world. I'm one step closer to the grave. I'm 31 today. I'm gonna suck your dick on my 31st birthday. <laughs> it's gonna be hot. It's gonna be fun. Mm hmm. What we got over there, Tom? We got some good speaker pieces? Oh my god. I just don't know where to stop. Okay, I'm gonna stop there. She's not the cheating kind. Okay, baby. Okay, I yeah, well I gotta throw this one in there too. Okay. Okay. This is your weekly speak your piece. <laughs> this is this one follows a, a, a kind of familiar speak your piece format. It's where you read the first two lines, you're like, uh huh, yeah, uh huh, and then you're like, whoa, oh, whoa. So here goes. <clears throat> I'm calling about this Kavanaugh character who is trying to get into the Supreme Court. It reminds me of Judge Clarence Thomas some 25 years ago. Okay. I watched that, and that beat all I've ever seen. Okay. It was what he said it was, a high-tech lynching. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking, okay, oh, they're shit. good, finally. There's somebody out there that believes in Nita Hill and is, like, you know, making that point why it's for Kentucky. <laughs> they slandered him in every way possible. The people who did that to him back then were lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut. <laughs> I'll be goddamn... It's the same for the people today who are doing the same thing to Judge Kavanaugh. Thank you. Wow. They started that, and it sounded like... He's were... getting ready to make a case for women. <laughs> Believe in women. Yeah. Could you... I mean, like, is there anything more cynical and fucked up than Clarence Thomas using the absolutely abhorrent, awful fucking legacy of lynching to defend himself to cover his ass that's for his so fucking yeah. shameful that is so awful also i th what i hate is that well i don't know we'll get into that it's not that shit's woke i can't can't be too woke <laughs> oh come on give it to us tom get, well, be woke i just think that there's i think something that i think i've realized more and more I'm just trying to figure out a way to say this without sounding like that guy that took a selfie and was like hashtag <laughs> believe women or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To boost their their own woke credentials. But I think I think and that's especially true here, we I think we believe in a man's like potential, like the person he could be more so than like what women are telling us about a person you know what i'm saying well it's uh dude look at yeah like this whole nation like it's just boys being boys right you know right, what i'm right, saying right right well it's like this whole nation though was founded on the idea that like a very small segment of society has to be trusted with running society yeah with 
um, distributing its resources with keeping people in line, you know, yeah. keeping the rabble in line. Yeah. And those people are sort of, you know, traditionally, you know, even though it doesn't say it explicitly, uh, it kind of does say it explicitly in the Constitution. They're <laughs> traditionally pretty much white males. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like it is interesting to see that legacy sort of go up, head up against um, the world that the liberals want to see, which is a more which is that but diversified yeah. you know what i mean like which right. you know which is that but like a more diversified yeah. we want to ha- we want to have a ruling class we just want it to be representative right exactly right. Yeah. exactly and so it's it's why it's it's a bit it's a bit why like during all this it's it's very frustrating because at at the bottom of it the, the system is still rotten and the whole thing's got to fucking go yeah but at the same time it's like as a socialist and as somebody who wants to see a better future, like you absolutely have to uh, side with the the women here, like Ford and Anita Hill and everybody else. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just your baseline duty. Whatever. Anyways, go ahead. To the drug dealers of Letcher County, which sounds like a Bravo TV show. <laughs> <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourselves for sucking people dry like leeches. <laughs> Could you imagine uh, a drug dealer? Snasso <laughs> sucks people. It's a one-stop shop, baby. Get your drugs and get sucked off like a leech. <laughs> it's also funny to think about a drug dealer just sort of obsessively reading Speaker Peace and getting shamed in it. Just like, yeah. oh, man, they're right. Yeah. <laughs> I got to stop sucking off all these Damn, clients. man, I am kind of a leech. <laughs> You won't get a real job and work. Instead, you sell drugs and destroy families, destroy children, and people are dying from overdoses. You may think you're getting by with it now, but by God, he is your judge and he will not let all this go on. <laughs> and the law enforcement officials of Letcher County don't do don't do a thing about it. You know, hey, a broken clock's right two times a day. <laughs> yeah, we don't want him to do anything about it either, but... No, 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 no! I didn't mean like that. I'm just I, my my point is the cops are useless. They're absolutely yeah. useless. Yeah. Um, they need to do something and do something now. Okay, now you're now you're wrong. Uh, da 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 da. Here we go. This is a good one. Hit me, baby. Hit me. I'm. When you go into the voting booth in November, remember what Joe Biden called you recently. <laughs> What Joe Biden call voters recently? I don't know. Did he say, did he have something to say about like Southerners or something? I, I don't know. Maybe they're getting Joe Biden confused with Donald Trump when he called Jeff Sessions. Uh, what did he call Jeff Sessions? Like an ignorant redneck or ignorant Southerner or something like that? Uh, I forget. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know what that's referring to. <laughs> He's like, folks, I don't, I don't, I don't have an attorney general. <laughs> He's a ghost. He's useless. <laughs> yeah. To the governor of Kentucky, we in Letcher County have no means of living because every job you can get pays only seven twenty five an hour and rent is seven hundred a month, give or take. And then there's the electric bill, which is average is four hundred to seven hundred a month, depending on the season. And there's your T V cable, which is a hundred just for the basics. And you act like you're bringing jobs in here to help us. The low paying jobs you're bringing in here hurt us. Hey, Ooh, very good point. Very good point. Because <laughs> Did they go off the rails here? No, no, uh, not really. Because then they will cut out our food stamps. They'll cut our food stamps out, and we'll all be hurting. Yeah, mm. that's not a bad point. Uh, 
a girl who works at a certain location in Neon is selling pain meds. Damn, where, where at? Give me the name. <laughs> if you if you want if you want something, just go in there and ask. That's I don't know if that's like dry snitching or or like a good advertising. Uh, yeah, it's like advertising, just a business. <laughs> yeah. If you want some, if you want some, just, just go, go on in, in and ask. She'll, she'll give them to you. Yeah, she'll give them to you. <laughs> the way some of these folks in Whitesburg carry on, you'd think they'd been exiled to the extra-dimensional space known as the Black Lodge for 25 years. <laughs> Damn, that's a Twin Peaks reference. Are you are half you folks speaking backwards while? While the arm or the fireman whispers in your ear. What? Why do they have us Twin Peaks? Who in Letcher County is watching? <laughs> Go ahead and replace your manufactured doppelganger so the rest of us can understand you when you shout, hello. <laughs> Thank you and God bless. Thank you. <laughs> they put a speak your face uh, epilogue on the end I love it. of a Twin That's, Peaks. That is actually... That is the perfect speak your piece right there. That should be held up as the the, <laughs> the platonic template. Yeah. <clears throat> Simple minded people this is a good oh the fuck this is good. <laughs> Simple minded people need to quit spitting out political hogwash. At first that sounds like kind of a self righteous liberal like talking about how everybody's dumb and like right. uh, ill informed. Right. But here then here here it goes. Here's here's where it pivots. <laughs> I listened to a lady from Puerto Rico, National Public Radio. She said plenty of supplies and water were delivered to Puerto Rico, but were stolen and taken to a cave in the mountains. <laughs> These mountains? <laughs> what if they what if they uh they did find all those water bottles that were supposed to go to Puerto Rico just in a fucking coal mine up like <laughs> Camp Branch or yeah. something like that? Um uh, if you loved Bill Clinton and excused him when he was accused of rape, and now you want to hear Professor Ford, you are a hypocrite. Good one. Good point. Mm. Uh, let's see. Well, I think that what they're saying is... Anyways, go on. <laughs> I mean, that probably comes from the biggest maggot chub, but it's not wrong. Well, but that is an interesting point, which is that like, if Democrats want to be taken seriously about that shit and not, be, not seem like they're coming off as just cynical and craven... They need to, they need with to the, address yeah, the, the very credible claims against the former president. Exactly. <laughs> the extremely credible claims. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, I see all these preachers on TV claiming to have healed all these child molesters, druggies, murderers, wife beaters, thieves, and all types of people. <laughs> but they never go down to St. Jude's and heal the little children there. <laughs> Do you serve the same God? I don't. Have a good day. <laughs> Well, that's a good point. Why is Benny Hill, Benny Hinn, whatever, why does he never go to the uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital? <laughs> that is a good point. I guess there's no money in it. No money in uh, healing little kids. If you don't believe Satan has taken over a large number of American citizens, just go look at the so-called churchgoers who support the liar, sex abuser, and tax cheat we now have in our White House. <laughs> this is interesting. I never would. It's continued on page 11. I think you could just flip it over. Oh. <laughs> I would never have believed I would have seen the day that some of the people I attend church with would support a con man as vile as the unchristian Donald John Trump. Uh, that That's hilarious, though, the very first line. If you're skeptical of the... If you're skeptical of the notion that Satan has taken over 
a large swath of the American public. Just check this out. <laughs> <laughs> I got some hard evidence for right, you. Right, right, right. This concerns the freeloaders out there. <laughs> Fuck. First, they move in a few at a time, but then they say they're looking at options to leave before you realize that they have no intentions of going anywhere. <laughs> Why should they? As long as I'll keep them up, I'll be stuck with them. Thank you. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, man. the free. This goes out to all the freeloaders out there. I keep giving fuck, you shit. Fuck, man. What? No, that was funny. Just remember when you go into the voting booth, what Joe Biden called you recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. Oh, so is that speaker piece? That speaker piece for the week. Damn. Well, damn, man. I guess that's the episode. We should let's. I want to try to encourage people out there listening to call in and leave their own speaker pieces. Yeah, let's do some speak. Let's do a speaker piece campaign. Yeah. Um, start calling in with your own shit. Your own propaganda for us to read. We will read it on the air. All you have to do is call one. 606-633-7508 from 9 a.m. Tuesday, that's Eastern Time, mm-hmm. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time on Fridays, and you can speak your piece. Or you can do what I used to do, which is create a burner account, a burner email account, and email your shit in that way. You can do that, and the address is M-T-N-E-A-G-L-E <laughs> at bellsouth.net oh man I was really stoned last night and um, I thought I'd come up with a hilarious new bit <laughs> I thought I'd come up with this hilarious idea of uh, instead of steampunk yeah. it's weed punk and it's like this very industrial <laughs> sort of weed culture <laughs> that sounds terrible and I was like oh dude this is hilarious weed punk man you know like instead of the late 1800s like crazy clocks and shit like that you yeah. just got like crazy clocks but it's all like weed uh themed man <laughs> that actually would be good <laughs> nothing creeps me out like people that are really in the steampunk right well then i got on twitter i was like damn this is hilarious but i better check to make sure that nobody else is because i don't want to rip off a joke yeah. and, I t- and i searched weed punk and it brought up dozens <laughs> of of like stoners over the past six years that have been like, man, man I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck, dude. It just makes you wonder sometimes if there's like, there are truly no new ideas under the <laughs> yeah. sun. Either. And also, I wonder if weed gives you just like universal ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, anyways. So um, that's the show. I guess we got to. Uh, we might have to do a few shout outs. Um, before we go, I uh, had a request on the Patreon that next time we do shout outs for Patreon subscribers, we um, shout out some of our older Patreon subscribers because they, you know, they, they deserve a shout out. Um, we haven't done that. But one specifically was Hamish. Miniki, I hope I'm saying your name right, man. Or ha- Hamish, it could be Hamish. I terribly apologize if I've fucked your name up, but he wanted to shout out, so I was going to give it to him. Shout out Hamish. Shout out Hamish. Um, 
and thank you for being a Patreon subscriber. Go to our Patreon. We have weekly episodes there every Sunday. Um, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. No apostrophe. Yep. And, um, I mean, we're just, we're just fucking killing. For five bucks a month, you can, uh. You get all access. You get, you get your own, <laughs> you know, the content that pours out of the mountains I was referencing earlier. You get your own little <laughs> pop that comes off from it. Like a coal tipple. Yeah. You get the color coaster. And yeah. it just. But it's content it's instead content. of coal. Hell yeah, baby. Uh, go to our Patreon and check that out. Um, we would love to have your patronage because it helps us uh, be better podcasters, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, shout-outs this week, and we will eventually work our way backwards uh, and get our older Patreon shout-out there. Yeah, too. you know what? We're taking every, We're taking all of you with us. Yeah. You know, all the way to the top. We're a family. We're a family, and uh, by that I mean... Um, like I said before, uh, you're welcome at my Thanksgiving table. I don't know if you really want to be there, but you're certainly welcome. Anything to piss off my uncle it would be, it would be accepted. So, uh, shout out to our newest patron, Ryan Derricks. Shout out to Catherine Davis, who just added their pledge to $20 from $5. Holy shit. It would ring a fucking bell or something, <laughs> yeah. man. Um, that's another thing that you can edit your pledge. So uh, definitely go and do that. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. You can't. I don't think you're gonna be topping Catherine, but uh, yep. Feel free to give and just know that God will always bless you for it. <laughs> uh, Felicity with a uh, new pledge, Marcos Rubios. Thanks, Marcos Rubios. <laughs> the, which is the plural of Marco Rubio. <laughs> uh, Zachary Hilton. Uh, the aforementioned Hamish Minicky. Uh Working people. Max Alvarez working people. New patron. Shout out. Uh, Dwight Chaco, who uh, just edited their pledge too from Five dollars to ten dollars, and you. thank you, Dwight. Thanks, Dwight, and I think that that covers it. Catches yeah. us up this week, um, and also uh, we need to go ahead and start p- plugging this show we have in November. That's right, the uh, Trillbilly Workers Party will be hosting a show, a free show here in Whitesburg. Uh, what is it, Tom? November sixteenth or 17th? Friday, November sixteenth, twenty eighteen, and we'll be having a musical accompaniment from Lee Baines and the Glory Fires, Tommy Wright the Third, Nicholas F, uh, Mike Millions, uh, some janky band called Tenure. That Terrence Merritt may not be the. Uh, the I, drummer I, I was the drummer in it. Now I am uh, the harpsichordist. Yes, I'm only playing the harpsichord and the drum synthesizer. <clears throat> and uh, Slut Pill, our buddy Slut Pill, who appeared a couple of episodes ago. And am I leaving anybody out? I don't think so. Um, no, I don't think so. But yeah, come out today. And we'll be there, of course. We'll be there. Um, I was texting you, Tom. We're going to rile the fucking crowd up. Yeah, we were inspired by street fights. Yeah, and uh, not just... Inciting the, people yeah. to want to kill Jeff Bezos, so we're going to one-up them, and... Uh, we're going after the big dog. We're going after the big dog kill himself. Bill. Kill Bill Gates. <laughs> I just want I just want to stand there and just... 
This side of the room say Kill Bill. This side Gates. Kill Bill Gates. Kill. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to rock a party, That's rock the thing, a crowd. Tom, we're gonna fucking get. We're gonna. What we're gonna do, man? Is this show. Uh, we're gonna get people riled up to want to fucking run outside and run across the street, throw trash cans through their window of the Whitaker Bank, fucking throw open the goddamn vault, take all take the goddamn all the cash, money, run out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, no, uh, come on up for that. That'll be a good time, and uh, it's a free show. Show so free. Who the fuck? You know who? Make your travel plans to Whitesburg. Capacity, I think, is one sixty-five. So you right. better get there early. I will literally be leaving town the next day for New Mexico. So, um, it's and it's a coin flip whether he'll come back or not. So <laughs> your last chance if you ever wanted to meet Terrence from the show. It's true because I was literally texting Tom earlier this week. I was like, man, I'm looking for jobs in New Mexico. <laughs> Before we depart, I got a question to ask you. What? Am I kind of dressed like Jerry Seinfeld today? <laughs> you got a bit of a Seinfeld vibe to you. That's not what I was going for, but it kind of panned out that way. Speaking of Seinfeld and going home to New Mexico, last time I went home was at Christmas, and I was flying, uh, and I was flying next to this woman. She had to have been in her early eighties or late seventies. She was pretty old, and she was so worked up. She was like, um, I can't find my ticket. Like, we had already, we were in the air by this point. We were way up in the air. She was like, I can't find my ticket. I'm just so worried about if they come around asking for it. And I, and I go, what are they and I, I said, do? I, like, <laughs> I said, what are they going to do? Throw you out? And she goes, ah. She's like, she thought that was hilarious. She goes, you're the most down to earth person I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just because I made like a Seinfeld type joke. What are they gonna oh, do? Man. Throw you out? <laughs> She's like, you're the most down to earth person I've ever met. Gosh. Damn it, <laughs> oh, but anyways, so uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch up with you next. Well, we'll catch up with you this weekend once we get that all figured out. Yeah. And um, happy birthday to, to me, I guess. All right, we'll see you later.